Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Coffee. I'm Jess. And I'm James. Usually on Saturday mornings, we have time to make breakfast and like sit together and drink coffee and stuff. And sometimes we just get into like such deep chats that we're like, oh, at the end, we're like, oh, we should have recorded that. That should have been a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people end up saying that, but it's always like we always end up getting into these really deep chats that every single time we talk, we like learn something or come to like some epiphany or like a conclusion that's like pretty interesting or profound and like changes the way I see things after Mm -hmm. um and yeah and at the end we're like damn I wish I recorded that (laughs) I feel like not even to share with other people like you asked before if we're doing this for an audience but I think for me it's like recording it for ourselves it's like your vlogs like it's just like a home recording You know, like one of my uh, New Year's resolutions was to like archive or like, like collect receipts on myself. Mm. And I feel like this like adds to that because we're just kind of like documenting our thoughts because we have these conversations and then it's like, oh, I should have written that down. Or, oh, is that like you end up taking your notes app out and you put all these like Jamesisms down and it's like, yeah, oh, it would have been cool if we recorded that and I could like go back to it later so it's not even to like say it for other people it's to say it to document it for myself to say like oh that was a thought that I had before let me revisit that and then we could go back to the recording and be like oh that's that's what I thought about that thing and I think on my end too I've been like playing around with the idea of having a podcast for like maybe two or three years Mm mm-hmm And, like, the latest iteration is, like, oh, I want to talk about, like, creativity. I want to talk about the things that I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I don't know if this will be it, but... This could be, like, a warm-up to that. Yeah, it's just, like, a warm-up. Because we don't have to only talk about creativity. I feel like we just talk about what's top of mind. Yeah, I think this is just one of those things to just get the process going. Like, Mm. get you used to, like, recording yourself. Or, you know, like, once we took the microphones out you start like freezing up but like yeah hey if we just start doing this and there's no plan there's no like you know like schedule or like yeah. you know when you do a podcast you have to figure out like what are we talking about in this episode and yeah. like take notes for yourself like oh these are like the beats that i want to hit or whatever but here it's just put yeah. the microphones down start recording and whatever we end up chatting about that day is what we put out yeah and And then maybe we'll also like stop seeing the microphones in front of us because it feels like i have like a little child staring at me like on the table yeah yeah Yeah. um but yeah like when you do have your other podcast ideas with your other friends you'll like have that experience so then you'll be more and more comfortable yeah um doing it so i think it's good for that that we at least get into the habit of doing it so when you do do like more serious and like you know mm-hmm. you know topics with your friends that are about specific subjects you'll be way more comfortable when you do it mm-hmm. yeah i feel like um, maybe i'll come up with some like warm-up questions like a like a the same warm-up question we can start with every yeah. day or every time just so that like we can get out of like nervous mindset and just zone yeah. in on each other well, the first one is always the hardest, so it's like, what do we start out with? Like, what do we talk about? Yeah. But I guess when we, I guess something I, I wonder is like when we do have these morning breakfasts, like how do we end up 
in the topics that we talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, we either talk about something that happened in the previous week or something that we've been working on or something that we like want to work on or an idea that we had. Yeah. And then just kind of like riff off of each other from there. Like either I ask you questions or you ask me questions and then we end up like diving into philosophies and shit. So we can do that. We can just talk about what we've like worked on this past week. Sure. Um, Because you and I have been pretty like separate in the past week. And I think like one thing to kind of mention too, it's like I feel like a few months ago or like a, a month ago, like we were in these kind of ruts like these creative ruts and i became really like insistent that we like be apart mm-hmm. um because i think that like isolation is really important for creativity sometimes and i yeah. know that like you're a very like like hole and you get into a hole and you stay in a hole yeah um well i guess that's the thing is like when we do have our own creative projects like we don't want to hold each other back from from doing that because we feel like we need to like always spend every minute together <laughs> so i think we've been doing better about figuring out or like navigating when to give each other space to like yeah. go like wheel like wheels on the ground just go 100 yeah. miles per hour at whatever it is that you're working on and like not wanting to hold the other person back in that way so but you know we still value our time together so it's not like oh i'll like disappear for a whole week and then we'll like reconvene it's like no we still try to like Mm. find parts in the day where we we get together but then like also have focus time i feel like when i was working for companies like that was i think that's the magic of like remote work is that you actually get to have focus time whereas like if you're in an office with other people there are always like people like coming up to your desk and bothering you and it's not like like it's not like you do that when we're at home but like there's always going to be like distractions and it's like hard to get like three hours straight of just like doing something and you can't really get that far when you like work for a half hour and then you go do something else and then you come back and then work for another half yeah. hour and then do it so i think it's just that it's like all right what is our focus times and it's not like it doesn't need to be 24 24 hour block it could be like a three hour block and then yeah I, like when you had your um like private workspace studio in Greenpoint like I feel like that's where you were able to really just like get into a zone like a black hole kind of thing even if you're not doing anything and you're not like producing stuff like it's it's just still a part of the process and I think that is what gets really hard about living with a partner and not having like I've heard them call it a third space, but it's even like a second space. You don't even have a second space. Like if the first space is home, the second space is work. And then the third space is somewhere you go outside of home and work that like feels like home, right? Yeah. So some people have like a bar that they always go to or like a friend's house or a park. But like we don't have that. And since COVID and working from home, we don't really have like that second space either. So it's just home. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we're also like kind of natural nurturers. So we're always like, we always have one eyeball on the other person and i feel like i almost need permission to like be in my own head so when i'm doing my morning stretches like yeah i'm doing them but then you know when you come into the room it's not because you know you're demanding it or i'm like 
your servant. It's just like, hi. And then, you know, I, I'm like curious what you're doing and my concentration gets kind of broken. So I never like dive as deep as I can if I was like stretching by myself or like journaling by myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's also just also a part of the creative process. Like you're so much more creative when you're bored. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder like if I do get more creative ideas when I'm just like alone in my thoughts or, you know, whether it's being with you or even just like being around other people or being around a lot of other stimulus, do mm. I get like more creative ideas in that way? I feel like it's more like the former. Like I do get, I feel like I get way more creative ideas when I'm like in my own head because I told you that one of the things that I miss the most about commuting mm. was just like being on the train and like I don't pay attention to anything going on around me. I'm just like sitting there like literally looking at the wall and like coming up with ideas in my head. So it's like you're not distracted because you literally have to be still. Yeah, like I don't I can't do there's nothing for me to do for the hour until I get from here to like my mm. next stop. So I like my mind starts wandering and then I think that's when I get like some of like what I think are like really good ideas. And then even when I was training for the marathon, like when I'm running and I'm just like in mm. my own head like a lot of ideas come up so I feel like maybe it's a balance of both because I would not have those ideas if I didn't have the other time where I am surrounded by like a lot of stimulus so I don't even know if it's one or the other but where the ideas actually like get generated is in silent time but it could be using all the inputs that I take in every single day yeah because I, I mean I'm arguing that like when you're on the train in New York City there's so much stimulus like non-stop stimulus that it's almost like you're getting this idea in relationship to like being still and quiet in you're still engaging with all the stimulus around you so i don't know i mean that's an interesting question i was thinking about this the other day because like there's i i do think there's like a time and place for i think you need community i get my best ideas when i'm talking to people i get certain ideas when I'm alone and I get like the seed of an idea when I'm by myself but when I talk it through with somebody and I engage with I have like a soundboard and I have like the space to put it out there and like massage it out and like believe that it can be possible that's when I think like my best ideas happen mm -hmm. I feel like as a visual artist and also as like a writer I need to ingest things like I, I need to like go outside and I think I actually have like my best moments when I'm like sitting in the sun outside like with myself and like happy and then that's when I think my like biggest ideas come out my visions come out and all that yeah yeah but I won't know how to paint a leaf unless I'm out there looking at leaves you know yeah 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 I feel the same way that like when I go out with my friends or like I go somewhere like I'm receiving a lot of like stimulus and a lot of things that are like if I don't have those experiences going out then I have nothing to pull from when I'm like by mm. myself like generating ideas so it's important that you go out and like experience a lot of stuff yeah that way you could use that when it comes to like coming up with ideas because when you come up with ideas what do you do like you're pulling from like oh like I remember this one time when this and this and this happened wouldn't it be great if yeah. something like this existed yeah it's like you go out and you collect ingredients yeah and then like your your ideas are like you like putting your ingredients together or like 
remixing some other thing you tasted or saw and like exactly. pulling from the ingredients that you collected in all of your stimulus you know yeah. and you can't cook anything if you don't have any ingredients yeah um and i think the other reason too why i do think like being apart can be helpful for us is that like we need our friends <laughs> like i just think we need to like hang out with like you and i are both creative people however i like you and i are also like I don't really know what I'm saying here, but we need more ingredients than just like you and me. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. I think we're a great creative match. Like I think like when the two of us put our our brains together, we have like these fucking crazy ideas and they're really exciting and you feed my creativity and I hope I feed yours um, and encourage yours. I just uh, know that it's important that we don't like become dependent on like just each other yeah i like i'm like uncomfortable talking about this but like when we first started our like week of like independence and separateness i kind of went into like a whole like i was like in my feelings in in the beginning Mm -hmm. because i kept telling myself like i'm standing in the way of of his creativity like i'm a blocker like you know i was like being kind of mean to myself and feeling like like i missed you and i was also like pushing you i was like withdrawing in a way Mm -hmm. because i was like okay well if you don't want to hang out with me like i don't want to hang out with you or like or you know what like you shouldn't be hanging out with me so i'm not going to hang out with you (laughs) and then i would get mad well i think that's like not the right energy because like if i hear that then even more so i'm gonna like keep an open ear and be like oh no she's like getting mad so like now i (laughs) know but the thing is is that like i know that it's not accurate yeah i don't actually get mad and i know that like you worry that i get mad Mm -hmm. and so you won't let yourself but i'm like no literally go away like yeah but i i think there's just a part of me that like felt disconnected from like this sense of security and attachment and like i was just having a mild freak out Mm -hmm. but then that was also the same week where i like went to the beach by myself and I had the best fucking I had the best time and I was like so happy that yeah. I wasn't waiting for you to be like ready or willing to go to the beach or able to drive me to the beach like I'm like no like I woke up the minute I opened my eyes I was like I need to go to the beach you want to come no bye and I like just packed up and I went and I had the best time for like six hours and I forgot what that felt like and yeah. like since then I was like this is why we're doing it I think it's just like the natural separation pouting you yeah know? but i need you to understand that that's not like yeah you can't not do it because i'm pouting yeah. i'm the one that was like you have to do it you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i feel like <laughs> yeah we should be able to do whatever like we want to do regardless of if the other person is in yeah. that same mood yeah or not i mean i love doing everything with you <laughs> but like it's funny because I think we're going to experience this a lot where you might end up having an idea that you're like, oh, I just need to like yeah. put some time into this. And then if I'm in the background saying like, we should do this and we should do that, like, no, if you're on on your idea right now, like you should capitalize on that yeah. um, and you should have the time to do that. And I feel like, you know, we'll always have yeah. our time together or, you know, we could even, I mean, like our weekends, I feel like is our time together yeah and like then like during the week if you do have like a thing that you need to work on i know like right now you're 
applying for jobs, working on your resume, like you need the time to do that. And if I'm like yeah. bothering you while you're actually in that mind space of like, oh, I'm actually in the mode, because I know how hard it is to also like get back get into that, a... Yeah, get that switch on. And once that switch on is, then you just need to like yeah. get that work done. That's why I almost felt bad the other day because I saw you were like in a zone and I was like, oh, what are you doing for food? And then you like got up and I was like, oh man, I feel like I hope I didn't like pull you out when you were like in a certain mind space so yeah I guess that's yeah the (laughs) yeah I'll get better at communicating if I'm in a zone Mm -hmm. or not I think like one thing I generally grapple with these days I can't really say if this has has always been the case but like the like having the courage to start something is something that I've been grappling with for at least the past like three years right so even if I have an idea like just being able to do it is I think something that's really hard for me and like you've seen it and so you'll literally like it's like it's like running right like you wanted to run for like weeks and I was like I'm gonna go put my pants on (laughs) You, you know so like having that like person I need that sometimes to break the uh what what, i don't really know what i'm looking at what word i'm looking for Mm -hmm. but i just need that person to like break my like stagnancy yeah you just need that like extra lift to just get you over that first Mm -hmm. hurdle but then once you get the momentum going then it's easier you could do it on your own but like sometimes you need somebody to just like kind of push your butt up just Mm -hmm. to get over that initial like just start the thing yeah even like this i think this is good because this is Starting I think, thing. To, I think I procrastinated doing this too for like three weeks because I had this whole podcast cart set up like three weeks ago. Yeah. But we we didn't like do it just because there's like all these like little things when you do the first one. Like, you know, I was setting up this laptop to do it. It didn't even have the recording program set up on it. Like mm-hmm. I literally had to get all this stuff, like all the recording equipment that was in my uh, storage because it came from the studio and I never like got it out. So there's just like a lot of these things to even get to this moment of like hitting yeah. the record button but I'm starting glad. is a lot of little steps that like i think but in, and for some people those little steps are massive steps mm-hmm. like me yeah like every little step is like a journey yeah so like high five for us for starting this thing right yeah and so like for me i think one thing i really want to get better at is just doing like you we, you you just do all the time you're like i have an idea i'm just gonna do it yeah. I'm like, wow, that sounds really nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I take the pressure off too. Like even, so for example, with the this podcast, like this is our first time doing this. And I, without a doubt, like there's going to be things that are not perfect, perfect, things that are like messed up. Like we might even decide that if one of these things is like, because I'm, I'm like looking at the screen right now, I'm like, oh, is our audio like blowing out and it's like terrible. But I think once you remove the pressure of like, oh, do we have to publish this? maybe the first few times is just something that we keep to ourselves until we get the setup right. And I was like, all right, now we could start like putting this out there. I feel like with, with vlogging too, yeah. it's like the first time you hit record on the camera, like you don't have to upload that up to YouTube. Like your first few times you could take out your phone and record yourself and those never see the light of day. But I think yeah. that's still starting. And I feel like I do that well is that like, oh, when I start something, I like that first thing that I create is like, yeah. I already in my mind I'm like that doesn't have to see the light of day that doesn't have to be like a polished like perfect thing and because I'm okay like 
stumbling and like making that first experience be really really bad yeah that makes it easier for me to do it because i think one of the worst things is that you do it for your first time and you have such a shitty experience and like you feel really shitty about yourself that you never want to do it again so to me i think like I think everybody has this like oh first impressions are really important or the first time you do something is like really no like to me it's like no (laughs) the first thing you do like you should actually assume that it's gonna be shit already and once you do that then Mm. I think what's more important is not what you create the first time it's the fact that you just did it for Mm -hmm. the first time so that you could do it the second or third or fourth time yeah yeah I think I, I spent some time building up that sense of courage to just be able to do that. And I I think here's the other thing too. I remember reading or hearing somewhere that like people actually don't remember the bad stuff. Like when you put out bad stuff, like yeah, somebody they might like laugh or talk shit, but like once you start gaining your skills and you like start putting out like really good stuff, like they're not they're going to forget the bad stuff and they're going to remember the good stuff, right? Yeah. And like I I always think about how when I first started running and it was like the most excruciating thing and i was like i hate every minute of it it would take me like two hours to complete like a mile like a a 0.75 mile stretch right and it would take me two hours from when i leave my house and i come back and i'd be exhausted and then one day it looked it, it just took 10 minutes to get to the end and i was like hold up like my brain just collapsed all of that time somehow and like time responded and just collapsed it to nothing and like the better I get at something, like all these people that I pass by and I'm like, oh my God, I'm running terrible. They're gonna make fun of me. Look at this pro runner. Like, he's not gonna remember that. He's not gonna remember me. <laughs> he's just yeah. gonna remember that he sees me every day. Um, and like, so every every year around September, I always come up with like a word of the year. And my word of the year is already here and it's like visibility. And so like, I, now that I've like spent all, like, like last year it was courage. And so like now that I spent all this time building up the courage i have to like practice the extreme fear of visibility um by just doing shit Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be a really interesting year but like even with this okay we can decide that it's bad and i argue we should put it out anyway Mm -hmm. i just argue we should it, it could be blown out who gives a shit yeah like yeah what's what's important is not the audio quality it's like the the what we said and yeah. like I said at the beginning it's like oh we just wanted to document what we said yeah. if it's like terrible audio well at least I like heard what we said and yeah. like we, we accomplished the task yeah and I'm being like vulnerable and self aware about it mm-hmm. so it's not like yeah, yeah I think that's also the other thing that you noticed about me too is that I'm okay just like putting stuff out and I'm like oh whatever like I don't care if people like see this and it's like not yeah perfect. I think that's brave as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, you won't let me be in the room when I watch it with you because <laughs> you hate it. Yeah, I can't, like, watch <sighs> myself back. But the fact that you press publish on something you, like, actually can't stand is, like, incredible to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to me, it's, like, I care more about getting things over the finish line and just, like, I'd rather shipping. call something done than, mm. yeah, it's better done than perfect. Or yeah. I don't even know if that's the saying I say. Good is, the, good is the op- good is the... <laughs> Good is the opposite of perfect. No, perfect is the enemy of. Perfect is the enemy. I of... have no idea. If that's the, <laughs> the same. Perfect is the enemy of done. To me, it's done is better than perfect. Uh-huh. Like I'd rather call 
something done, get it over the finish line and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Instead of like labor over one thing until it's like absolutely perfect in my eyes that like, yeah. All right, go out into the world. It's like, no, I'd rather have like 20 okay things that were done than like one perfect thing. Yeah. I wonder if that's the difference of like making art for other people as, as like a profession right versus making art for yourself as like a hobby yeah because like when you're making stuff for other people and that's like the thing you do that's your job like you literally need to finish things in order to get paid so like and other people's review you just have to give them something to revise so like for you it's like oh let's just put something up like we just have this like function to finish and you know because like uh, you know just for context as like a graphic designer ux designer you have like a deliverable that you have to put out there and so for you, like, your the end result of your art is delivery. Yeah. So, like, even when you do art as a hobby, when you do vlogging as a hobby, when you do, like, graphic design as a ho- hobby or practice, like, you're not finished until you deliver, even if you're not happy with it. But when you do art as a hobby and not as, like, a delivery to somebody else, like the finish line is completely subjective and so like you know this perfectionism doesn't go away and i you know i have friends who will sign up for art shows and they're not ready for them and so they'll labor for weeks making art for gallery exhibits and stuff because they're like okay well i committed to it so like for them that they have like a solid end piece right yeah i think that's the tough part is like I, I mean, you've seen me since I started freelancing, like I've taken on so many clients and I've completed so many projects, but whenever I try to do something for myself, like I don't have a website for my own Mm -hmm. agency because like anytime I try to like create a design for it, not good enough. I'm like, like, I don't know what I want. Like I actually don't. We're so blind to ourselves. (laughs) So it's much easier to work for other people people are like finish complete things for other people because um it's more clear like they give you a yes or a no mm. and they have like you know specific you know check boxes that like there's very clear check boxes whereas when i'm designing for myself there's no clear check box i was like i don't know what i like i don't know what i'm trying to do and there's so many things that i want to do that I think I haven't even just sat down and said like, all right, if I'm going to design a website for, for myself, like what are the three things that it needs to do? And then your mind is always changing about those right. things. It's Whereas like a, for a client, it's yeah. like more clear. And then once they give you the okay, then it's great. And then the other thing is that like my tastes are not always what my client's tastes are. So even if I complete something and I don't think it looks great, as long as they think it looks amazing and I like did everything that they said and they're like, yeah, that looks great doesn't matter like what i think it's like oh that's done let me ship it and i'm okay shipping stuff that in from my eyes and my point of view it doesn't look great but as long as the client is happy but yeah yeah i think it's interesting because like when you're working with a client you ask them questions and you listen very objectively and you're distanced from their answer right like it's not about you and so you can hear the inconsistencies and you can hear like the parts that need to be patched up and cleaned up and to get to like your final like final objective right Mm -hmm. but for yourself it's like like uh 
I can spend so much of my life being like a therapist to my friends, but I cannot therapize myself. Like I need a therapist when things are hard because I can't ask myself the questions and then listen like uh, disconnectedly or like listen objectively to my own answer. Yeah. I am in my feelings. All my shit comes up. My fear triggers come up. My like shame triggers come up and you're blind with them. You know, like if I'm observing a friend going through a shame trigger, I can like let them finish it and then ask them questions to gently guide them back to like who they are. If I'm asking myself a question and I fall into a shame trigger, I have no idea where I am. I'm lost in the riptide. I'm pulled out to sea. I have to pull myself back, but I'm exhausted. Like, I, you know, I have to orient myself. There's no one to guide me back. And so like the creative process is exactly the fucking same. It's the same thing as therapy. It's like yeah. you dive deep into your unconscious. You fucking ask yourself questions. You tease out what you want. And then you have to go through all this trial and error. And like it always helps to have like essentially what you are as a creative therapist. You like ask people questions to get to the root of their creative idea. Yeah. And like, you know, same thing with my website, like other people, I can help them say exactly what they want to say. But when it comes to me communicating myself, I have so many blockers and barriers. So yesterday, one of the things I wanted to do was create a checklist for myself and ask myself those questions as if I was going through a worksheet, because maybe that'll add some distance between like me and my work. Um, But I might need someone else to do that for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know the there's a saying that says like the plumber's house always has the worst plumbing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like so it's so interesting and i think not related to the plumber example but for our own examples that like we're so passionate about like our own thing that it carries that extra level of like uncertainty and like Insecurity. doubt in our own selves yeah whereas like when we're working for someone else's product or someone else's thing like we're detached from that personally and emotionally that it makes us easier to like see it in like a more mm-hmm. objective and like clear light yeah so that we don't end up getting sucked into all yeah. these like extra things and, and passion has baggage like passion has like so much like frenetic energy around it yeah that like Whenever I'm talking, like my favorite thing to do is talk to people that are incredibly passionate about something, so passionate that they have no idea what they want to say. And like my my favorite thing to do is like listen and find like the one thread of the thing that they want to say and just cut, like trim the fat, cut out all the shit and get to the lean like point. And like, do how do you do that yourself when you're like, oh it's a storm and then you just like you're you're in the middle of the storm trying to like you know like how do you see when you're in the center of the storm yeah so i realize that about myself too when like i deal with other clients and i ask them to like explain their product and then they start talking about 50 billion different things and then i'm like you know let's back up let's back up let's just try to find like the one simplest thing and and like that's how i help people clarify what they're saying but then when it comes to my own ideas and I'm like trying to communicate something and I'm like, oh, but what about this? But what about that? So I'm like doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And like you said about your own yeah. <laughs> like stress triggers and stuff like that. To me, 
I'm very, it's, I could clearly like cut out the noise when other people are trying to explain something to me to help them. Because we're outside of the storm. Yeah. But then when I try to explain my thing, I find myself doing the same exact right. thing where I'm like, oh, what about this? What about that? And there's so much noise in what I'm saying that I need to figure out how I could even apply my own yeah. methods to myself when I'm trying to communicate what I'm doing. We're two creative storms stuck in our own shit. <laughs> I feel like there are ways to to do it like I don't know like I I feel like you know for the past month or so we were talking about like my idea of like writing a book right I almost feel like if I did actually like go through writing the book and I like read it back and like processed my idea through that then that that would almost be like me guiding my own self (laughs) through my own ideas yeah but that's also why I keep like I think maybe like once a month I'm constantly like hey like use me like you know like like let me let me in mm-hmm. like let me into that process and like trust me to handle it with care mm-hmm. because like i do for you what you do for other people and you need that but like people are so close to their idea or they feel like it's not finished or they feel like it's too sloppy that they can't share it with other people but that's yeah. literally what the point of like a collaborative creative process is is to just put every single screw bolt like tool like wrench part of your idea on the table and you look at it together because all you see is a bunch of ingredients and someone else will be like oh you know what you can probably make something like an Mm. x out of this you can like you have to let people into your creative process so that you can get it out and like i think one of the reasons why we have so much fun in our conversations is because we are doing that like we're batch testing some of the, these ideas with each other and yeah. we clarify it for each other by asking questions. But Yeah, I feel like one of my hesitations is, and this is something that I realized in like an interview process is I told you like in interview processes, I hate whiteboarding like exercises. I don't know if people are familiar with that in like other, I don't know if you do whiteboarding exercises in any of your interviews or if that's like a design specific thing. But basically whiteboarding is like on the spot when you show up for an interview, you don't have zero idea like what you're going to talk about. And then you go in front of a whiteboard and they're like, all right, imagine they bring up an idea. And you're like, imagine we want to do X, Y, and Z with our app. Like, and then you basically have to lead them through like a, a thought exercise to like elicit ideas. Mm. Like literally you whiteboard, they give you the prompt and then you just start whiteboarding live on a board in front of like a group of people. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> it's not fun for me because I'm the type of person that like, I like to like sit down and like completely like, mm. like formulate my thought. Yeah. And I hate like spitting mm. out my thoughts as they come to me. Because I'm not sure if the first thing that comes out of my mouth is the right thing. And it's almost like that's what they're challenging you to do is that like, oh, we want to see if like the first thing that comes out of his mouth is like, and then I end up getting my own heads like, oh, I'm like afraid to say my first idea because like, what if that's the wrong thing? I'd rather like, all right, give me the idea. Let me like spend a night like thinking about it and then come back tomorrow with like, Mm -hmm. this is how I think, you know, you should do it. Like, I, I don't really like seeing people like, see me vomit my thoughts out live yeah because my process is like it's like when you're sending a text message i'm the person who like writes a message and then erases it like 50 times until i like write the sentence that i actually want to say that's interesting and 
whiteboarding doesn't give you that everything's out there like all of those first sentences that you thought about writing is out there live in front of everybody to see and i'm like that makes me so uncomfortable Mm. which is why i hate whiteboarding exercises i'd rather you just give me that prompt and i'll do like a homework assignment i'll do it tonight and i'll come back to you with like what my like solution to it because I don't want you to see that first sentence I wrote. I don't want you to see that second sentence I wrote. That's fascinating. Because my process is, is after I like, I spend the time writing those 50, drafting those 50 sentences, I like to like think about all the things that I wrote until I get that like perfect sentence. That's why I hate whiteboarding exercises. <laughs> but I don't know if you're like the same. And I think, you know, when I share my ideas with you, that's what I'm afraid of too, where it's like, oh, I don't, like I didn't have the chance to fully think out the thing because once I get to step five I might be like oh wait I need to revisit what I said my whole thinking has changed when I reach step five so I need to go back to step one when you're whiteboarding you're almost like solidifying Mm -hmm. step one and you don't give yourself an opportunity when you're in like step five to revisit step one to be like oh after playing this through it to this point I feel like we should like go back and like redo everything because now my thinking has changed yeah okay so like six doors open in my head and I'm gonna try to. I'm. T- I want to. I'm gonna try to see which um, thought I want to lead with. So one, that's not how I work. Actually, um, I work very. I work through mistakes and interaction. So that's why, to me, the idea of whiteboarding sounds so fun. Because, and I'll explain that in in, in like the second half of this thought. The most interesting thing that came up is actually to me that sounds so opposite of what we talked about earlier which is that like, I have a hard time starting something because I want it to be perfect before I release it. And you're like, nah, I just need it shipped, right? Yet, here we are talking about how when it comes to whiteboarding and sharing your own ideas on something, you would prefer not to share it until you feel like it has actually reached a place of like more thought and completion. And then you put it out and you're comfortable with shipping it. Well, I think there's a difference between... Because when I, like, work on something, that's, like, a isolated, like, thing. Like, throughout the process of creating that thing, I'm not, like, publishing it piecemeal. Mm. I'm, like, completing that thought and then publishing it. I see. Whereas, like, whiteboarding to me is, like, all right, take that one idea and, like, start publishing it out as you complete it. I see. That makes me so uncomfortable. But, like, if I could complete an entire thought like i'm okay with that like first draft of that complete thought versus like oh like don't wait until you're done to publish it like start like so when it comes to like sharing works in progress like all right say for example i'm like working and this has happened in in jobs like if i'm working on like a design for an app and then like somebody from sales is like oh can i see where you're at i'm like no (laughs) hands in front of the screen like do not look at my screen it's not done yet I'll show you when it's done. Because then they're going to give you feedback. Yeah, they're going to give you feedback and it's going to derail mm-hmm. your... You haven't had a chance to finish right, your I thought see. process. So it. to me, like, I'm not going to invite anybody in while I'm still, like, mm. processing the thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's... In, okay. I can see that. Like, when I'm in a vulnerable place of, like... You know, you everything to me is, like, emotion-based. But I'm, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but I actually... I see that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I've, I've experienced that in like other other ways. Yeah. But in that sense, to go back to like what I was saying, where I was like more comfortable publishing things. 
So once, all right, say for example, I complete that design, I think I'm more resistant to go back and like, if somebody looks at my completed thing, I'm like, oh, here's the first draft of so-and-so. If they're like, if they have like 50 different things that they want to change about it, I will be a little bit resistant to that because like, I would first want to see how that thing does instead of like starting Mm -hmm. to go and like prod at things like i would want to launch that in front of like actual real people Mm. and also use that as input on top of feedback that i might get from like sales and whatever and then put that like i would hate to like create the first draft like hey you know this is a thing that i think you know answers the question if somebody comes in and says like i want to change like 50 things in it and they're like pretty like substantial things in it it's like can we like at least test that first and then i'll incorporate that feedback with like feedback from the actual people that we're going to put it in front of so that's kind of where i'm like Mm. people there especially when you like launch products and launch websites like i think the last few products that i launched we went through this process where i like completed a fully working like prototype and before we even put it in front of people we got like 50 different stakeholders wanting to change 50 different things in like it. fonts and like yeah like in the really and the stupid shit that things. doesn't matter like exactly. you just needed to see how the user experience yeah like let's just put it in front of people and see it. and then we'll also take your feedback and then the next round we'll incorporate it all together they're like no we can't put that in front of users until we change these like 50 things mm. and it's like and then you'll end up spending like you know it probably took me two months to yeah. build the prototype and then six or seven months to like put it in front of like 20 different stakeholders and incorporate like all of these different pieces of feedback and you haven't even like that's where i'm like you haven't even gathered the data for like the question that you wanted to answer exactly that's where i'm like oh i'd rather just it's okay that we don't have those like 50 things in there like let's put it in front of people like it doesn't need to be perfect before we put it in front of people so that's kind of the i wanted to explain that that's the difference in like the whiteboarding and then like me okay being okay putting things out so as a designer you have feedback ptsd is what i heard and whiteboarding is just activating feedback ptsd in real time (laughs) so you i guess so yeah and the thing is people (laughs) ask questions and it's like like i didn't even get to the part where i'm like yeah like I don't know if it's right to be answering that question at like stage one Mm -hmm. or yeah like I would love people to like just let me finish my thought so that you know eventually those questions will get answered okay okay cool so that closes like the first half of that response the second thing that I don't work like that actually Mm -hmm. so like this has come up a few times whenever I talk about how I do figure drawing and how like the very first time I recognized this was when I went to uh, drink and draw with my friend Bijou and we were both drawing the same woman and I just dove right in and Bijou just like sat there for a minute, like staring. And I was like, and then, you know, I did what I usually actually do, which is I zoom in too much on like a particular like part of the body and I just run out of room. And I'm like, I, I my original intent was to put this whole person in here, but I have literally just her cheek now. So like, that's it, you know? But then um, I look over and Bijou has like, her just completely centered on the composition. All of her lines are very intentional. She has only the things that need to be on the page to communicate what she wants to communicate. And we went on this like deep dive on how that's kind of how we approach life. Like she's like, I assess the situation. 
I see how I want it. You know, she maps the composition. And then once she has an idea of what she wants to do is then she'll act. I interact through putting something down, zooming in, zooming out, making mistakes, editing. I render a lot and I get lost in it. But then the outcome is pretty beautiful because at the end, the artist came over and asked if she can have, she's like, I saw your drawing. And I was like, do you want it? She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, just take it. Like, you know, she pointed mm -hmm. out my drawing specifically because it caught, it, it was good. And so that's why I'm like, the idea, I, I haven't actually done, a, you know, I've never done a design interview. So, but I have done interviews where people give me like their challenges and we work out together how I would approach like the, the resolution of that challenge. And I actually really enjoy that because I spend a lot of that time asking questions mm -hmm. like a lot of that time is like okay well what do you want what do you need and like it's a it's much more of an exchange yeah. um where we're forming something together and then i'll be like okay so this is what i heard you say and they're like they can either tell me yes that's accurate or no that's actually not it at all and a lot of it has to do with like am i picking up what you're putting down are you putting down what I think you're putting down? Are, are you putting down what you think you're putting down? Because most of the time people are not. They think they're saying one thing, what comes out is completely different. I'm picking up what they're putting down and they're not happy with what I put down because what they said was completely different than what they meant. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of that time for me is clarifying. And then once I have all the information I need, then I like, repeat i like summarize the situation they're like oh my god yes absolutely and then i give them my solution because i have a clear understanding of the problem so like that's how i work with other people when it comes to my own art though i don't have a process yeah. i trust my eyes and i dive in or i have to like well you've seen me paint sometimes i'll just start mm-hmm and then I'm like, where is this going? Yeah. <laughs> I have like no idea what I'm making. But do you ever have that dialogue with yourself internally? So after my latest round of art classes, I've learned that I need to. Yeah. Because the feedback I get is, hey, make a bunch of thumbnails about the composition first. Hey, you're relying too much on your vision. You need to start thinking about the body as like a whole and how the ribs sit on top of the hips and how yeah. like now that I know that the process, like, so in, in the summer, I started taking art classes. This is just context for the podcast. In the summer, I started taking art classes, and it was the first time I've done formal art since high school. And I'm very good, but there's a lot of, like, gaping, like, uh, inefficiencies that I found in my process that the, the, that the teacher, like, very gently pointed out and accurately pointed out. And... A lot of the feedback I got is that I render too much. I rely entirely on my vision and what I see, which doesn't work in live figure drawing because the person is constantly shifting and changing their body and changing their position. So if I only rely on what I see, the head's going to be one way, the torso is going to be another, and all of them won't work together. And so. He was like, you know, one teacher in a different, in an oil painting class was like, I would recommend making a series of composition thumbnails first. That way you can decide what the end piece is going to be. And, and once you make your decision, your rendering has to fall in line with the decision. So even though this model tilted his hips that way, you walk around and you find the way the body moves and you memorize that and you bring that, you know? So like, yeah. 
now I, I, I realize I want to sit down with myself and have this like conversation about what do you want this to look like? What is the end goal? What do you want it to say? You know, and then begin, but also give myself a flexibility to change. Like whatever emerges may not be what I decide. Yeah. But I think that's probably a much more efficient process than the way that I've been doing it, which is just going in just blind and letting my feelings dictate what come out. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's great, but. But I almost feel like, you know, in that other example, when you talked about having a dialogue with another person where they just like vomit everything that they're thinking, and then you ask them questions to like help clarify uh, what it is that they're actually trying mm, to say. You mean like, like, oh, yeah. Have you ever thought of like, this is just a hypothetical example, but like, if you ever had an idea in your head about something, literally like just record yourself, just vomit that idea out in a recording. And then listen back to it and then mm. be like, oh, what are questions that I would ask myself based yeah. off of what I'm hearing? Yeah. Like to me, that sounds like, oh, because if you don't have that opportunity, I think you work well with that back and forth dialogue of like listening to a whole bunch of stuff. And then from listening to that, you like are able to break down, you know, the the signals that are coming out of that, that when you're doing it for yourself, you don't have that opportunity to like... Mm. Like, so maybe what if you did listen to yourself vomit mm. everything and you'd be like, all right, now I could figure out, like, after hearing myself vomit all, the, all those ideas out, this is actually what I'm hearing coming out of that. So you have that opportunity yeah. to have that dialogue with yourself. Yeah, I mean, this is why I love frameworks. I'm, like, constantly making worksheets for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in my Notion, I have these, like, templates where I kind of, but they don't always work for me. Like, they don't always... Uh, it's it's hard because a lot of the questions are responsive to what they say. It's not just like the same five questions that I can ask and the answers are going to yeah, be rich like every time. Yeah, it's like custom tailored to the content that they're saying. Exactly. I'll I'll listen to them. I'll like into I'll recognize a nugget, and then I'll ask them to clarify that nugget. And I think that that process is harder because when I'm just like recording myself because I'm just recording the idea. And it's, you know, I, I have to try it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I also never listen to my own recordings after I make them. So it's like me not wanting to watch my own videos after. Well, that's <laughs> because you cringe at yourself. I just like, <laughs> I just have the equivalent of like putting leftovers in the fridge and just forgetting that they exist. Like I'll make a recording and it just, the minute I'm done recording, it just falls off the face of the earth and it never existed. Like, I, you know, mm -hmm. so like, it's not an interactive process. A recording for me is just releasing something. It's taking a shit and then I flush it into the toilet that is my notepad app, right? Like, I, yeah. it just it just disappears. So for me, um, worksheets help, like creating templates for myself, talking to people who know how to ask good questions helps. But with that said, as of yesterday, I decided that I want to try to do that process with myself. So maybe the next podcast episode we have, I would have been able to, I'd, I'll be able to speak on that. Because yeah. with like, I, I'm in a position right now where I need to market myself and I have to figure out what my narrative is, what my branding is, what my story is, who my audience is. I have to go through all the things that I'm working with other people on. And I'm ready now to be my own client and like to produce the things that I would produce for someone else. So as of this, like yesterday, I made the decision to do that. So let's check, it, check back in next week and see. Yeah. You know? I mean, that could also be a process in figuring out your framework. Yeah. We've been talking for an hour now. We've been talking for an hour now? Almost, yeah. I think we started at like... 
that's fun. 